Hi Poppy fans and welcome to the PO Forecast episode 18. Well, we managed to take a little bit of time in between the Christmas break and New Year to bring this episode to you guys. So uh, in this episode, we're going to do straight into the two games. So we're going to do the Sunderland game. What a game down at Fratton Park, uh, followed by the Gillingham game. Well, that didn't go as expected. <laughs> game, we're going to part two. And today we're going to part two. We're going to do uh, me and Matt basically went down to Bognor and we managed to catch uh, Pompey striker Dan Smith for a little bit of a chat. And followed by that interview, we'll be talking to the lovely Lee Roberts, who is the Bogner commentator down there, an all-round legend. He's going to give us the lowdown on the guys down there. And then in part three, we'll be previewing the match against the Honourable Fleetwood. <laughs> right, man, part one. We're going to go into the Sunderland game here. Uh, what a result. It was a fantastic atmosphere. Uh, I mean, I was there. And uh, to be honest, man, the first thing that crossed my mind is, why can't we have this atmosphere every day, to be honest? Every game, even. Yeah, I mean, there was a, a lot of chat about it, wasn't there, before the game? I think, you know, everyone was, was screaming for it to be the, the atmosphere that it was. Um, and, you know, it, it was just, I think, such a big game that everyone needed to, to get behind the team. They needed that boost. And do you know what? You're right. It, this shouldn't have been a one-off occasion. We need to be doing this every home game now. And there's absolutely no excuse for it to not be like that down there anymore, to be honest with you. I mean, I mean, I saw there was a bit of a... Uh, got a bit of stick, basically, for the Sunderland fans. People were saying, oh, they weren't noisy or they didn't make enough noise. But, I mean, I was sat down in the bottom tier of the South Stand for the first time in absolutely ages, which yeah. is where I could get a ticket. And I'll tell you what, they were making a lot of noise. Only, only the red card really sunk them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I think that any sort of away travelling support would get a bit stunned back when you've gone away and you're down to 10 men. It's one of those things. It did try and make a bit of noise, but, you know, I think I think they did a, gave themselves a fair shout. But, right, let's go into the game. Yep. So, um, goals. Well, let's talk about the red card first. Yeah. Ollie yeah, Hawkins. Yeah. I mean, he had a really good game in this game. Uh, I spoke to the guys at Roker Report before the game, which is a Sunderland podcast. You can find them on Twitter, at Roker Report. And basically they're saying to me, do we have a powerful striker that's going to give their centre-backs some problems, basically? Because anyone who's physical really seems to Sunderland struggled to handle, basically. Yeah, yeah. And Ollie Hawkins, in my opinion, did a really good job. He, he broke through of um, Louvrins, is it? Yeah, it's Louvrins, yeah. Louvrins, yeah. And yeah. he just hacked him down, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it kind of surprised me a little bit, actually. I mean, Glenn Louvrins, as far as I'm concerned, he's been around for a long time, a lot of experience, came from Sheffield Wednesday last season. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you look at his age, and, I mean, it, obviously he's, he's slowing off the pace a bit now, but... I mean, Hawkins made him look bang on average in, in, in all opinions, you know, and you'd think someone with that sort of experience would maybe be able to read the game a bit better, but Hawkins wrong, you know, got on the wrong side of him, you know, ran into the box, got his body in front of it and did really well to win the penalty, really, really well to win the penalty. I would have thought as a defender, actually, he might have given him a little cheeky shirt pull earlier on I've got to, to, admit, to bring yeah, him back, because he's yeah. not lightning quick. I would probably give him a little cheeky shirt pull, yeah, yeah. wrestle him a little bit, so it's not a clear red card. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Loverins also has two red cards last season for Sheffield Wednesday, so he's obviously susceptible a little yeah. bit to those sort of clangers. Yeah, say? yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I agree. Um, it was a stat, obviously, I've seen that you've put down and, you know, the problem is, I think, you would expect it from, from a quick striker getting in behind him, you know, for him to, to pull someone down last man. Or Jamal like or someone like that. You but, but Oli, to, to have, you know, 
put himself into that position. It, it just shows how good he can be. And, you know, he, he deserved the plaudits after that game for me. He was, you know, involved in all the goals and, and did really well, really well. Hmm. I mean, Gareth Evans uh, took the penalty. Yep. Um, I was pretty pleased with it. I had three quid on him to score first. Yeah, nice. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he smashed that into the top left corner in front of the front end. It was... It was one of those penalties that as soon as he hit it, I jumped up and celebrated because it was going in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was convincing, wasn't it? He put, you know, his foot right through it. No mistake. I don't think really many keepers would be getting there. It was quite, you know, unsavable. It was not quite in the top corner. It was slightly more down central and curled a little bit to that top corner. But it, it was a great penalty. Great penalty. And then obviously Ronan Curtis does what Ronan Curtis does best, which is scoring from a tight angle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, how, how that went in, I know it got a slight deflection on the way through, but I mean, it it was a great run, wasn't it? And yeah. I just didn't see the goal coming from it when he broke away, to be honest with you, but... I thought he'd square it. I think the keeper yeah, thought he'd put it in the box as well, maybe. I caught think him that's off. what caught him definitely off. For it, for it to have gone in where it went in as well, that near post, you know, it was just crazy. Absolutely crazy. But it just shows his class all season. He's he's done it a couple of times this season now, hasn't he? So, and Just when we thought everyone in the stand just thought that the game was you know going to be stretched easily and we're going to maybe get a third one. Everyone was, you know, it was, the noise was absolutely incredible in the ground when that goal went in. Four minutes later, at the back post, Sunderland get a goal, O'Neill, it's a good header. I mean, was Ronan Curtis still celebrating his goal? Because he just completely lost him at that back post. I mean, he was, you're talking from what I've seen about 10 yards back, just mm. nowhere near him at all. And, and they're the sort of errors that, you know, you switch off for, for that, you know, split a couple of seconds and, and you lose your man, they score and, and suddenly the pressure's back on us mm. and there was no need for that. In that game, we were cruising, you know, and we could have killed them off probably a lot more. Yeah, especially when you look at uh, the fact that Sunderland went down to 10 men against Walsall and came back against them. Yeah. I mean, that was in my head when that goal went in. I was like, all right, guys, game on. Yeah. We've, got, we've got to sort ourselves out. But it only took us six minutes later and Ben Thompson smashes home and then it's sort of game, set, match. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I, I was wondering what Ollie had to do to score, bless him. You know, yeah. he got that header on target, came back out again off the line, you know, bobbled around a bit and came out to Ben. And I mean, it was emphatic, that finish. I think no matter, you know, how many touches or deflections that took on the way through it was going in he hit it so well you know it was clean off the boot yeah I believe Ben Thompson also got the man of the match at the game yeah so he he looks like such an engine for us again and this brings up that question that if he goes back to Millwall which I assume he is going back to Millwall I think we have to assume he's going back well, I mean, especially with the, the confirmation of the transfer as well, um, which we'll get on to later. Yep. You know, I, it seems that way to me. It seems like that's coming in to, to replace, you know, the outgoing Ben. And, and as I've said the whole way through, I I wouldn't blame him if he if he did go back. You know, Millwall would be, I think, fools not to take him back in the situation they're in at the moment. You'd avoid them spending any money. You know, he's he's been scoring goals, his tail's up and... He wants to, to go back to Millwall ultimately. So He does you know. in the long run, but I saw him come out in the news and say that he'd rather stay here this season and try and get promotion for us. I mean, let's hope so. Yeah, but he said it's not up to him it's... basically, obviously, but he would like to stay and, and finish the campaign because, yeah. let's be honest, mate, who wants to go back and be in a dogged relegation oh, course, battle yeah, rather no, than yeah, trying to win the league? No, I get that. Of course, I understand that. But, 
you know, ultimately he's a middle lad. I don't think if he got called back, he'd be moaning about it at the end of the day. I think no, he yeah. would want to go back and help the lads try and get out of that relegation situation they're in at the moment. Obviously, they won on Boxing Day, didn't they? Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're not sort of getting results away from home. And he's the sort of player that could, you know, come in and strengthen and tighten you up away from home. So I, I can see it happening. He's a Millwall boy, isn't he? He is, I'll expect him to go back. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was just we'll talk about that transfer you know, news a bit later but I'm not sure he's a direct replacement for Ben Thompson depending on where Kenny Jacket was saying he expects him to fill in yeah, yeah, yeah. but let's just talk quickly about the stats so Pompey only had 46% possession in that game um, we had four corners to their two seven on target to their three now let's say seven on target Obviously, that's good for us, but only allowing three shots on target for Sunderland. Yeah. The first half was a very tight half. In fact, I think Sunderland edged it, if anything. Well, they had that big chance, didn't they, in the first yeah. half, you know, which, uh, again, you know, Craig come to the rescue, didn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. good on McGilvery. But I would just say then from that that it does show that we managed to suppress them, really. It's apparently five shots in total, so three on target, two off target. So Yeah, yeah. You know, and then we had, what, three, so, you know double the shots that they, they managed throughout the 90 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, it says uh, it says a lot, even with the red card, I think it says a lot. And, you know, to, to get the three goals off, off of those seven on target, it's a lot better than it has been in previous weeks. So, yeah. Yeah, nice one. Happy. So, basically, after all the elation of the Sunderland game, going into Christmas, it certainly put a smile on my face, mate. But then we have Boxing Day. Yeah. Then it comes the Boxing Day. And just to segue into this sort of, you know, transition even into this part of the of part one. I'm going to read out a quote from Ollie Hawkins that he said after the Sunderland game. He said, it was a great performance and a vital three points against Sunderland after a loss and a draw in our two previous matches. But then a win does not really matter or mean as much, sorry, if we don't go to Gillingham and get something on Boxing Day. That's it. So let's go into the Gillingham game. It's a 2-0 loss, Boxing Day. Yeah. I think I'm I'm still pretty pissed off right now, to be honest with you. Your Matt's still hurting. He's actually got that face on where he's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm still head in hands. Um, I mean, how much does it really scream striker needed? I mean, Hugh's just about to, to give you some stats on the game and, and this will really kind of sum up what I'm feeling about it, really, to be honest with you. Well, if you look at the XG's chat stats, the expected goal stats in the game, you know, Gillingham got 1.6 so just less than the two that they got whilst we created 2.2 and it just when you look at the games that we lost so the game against Charlton again where our XG stats were pretty high and we didn't get the win it just screams we're making the chances only Luton make more chances than us in this league we need someone to finish these chances off I think that's all that's missing it's you know we've said all season we've seen all season how many opportunities we create in a game we just need that final touch. And I mean, it's something that, you know, from the moment I, I've sort of arrived onto the show with you today, anyway, I've defended Ollie Hawkins to higher heaven. And, I'm, you know, I know there's haters out there and everyone's entitled to their opinion. But at the end of the day, everyone's, you know, saying how well he played against Sunderland, raving about him, involved in all three goals. And ultimately, we're top of the league for a reason. You know, and, and he's been a huge part of that this season. So, you know, Pittman comes on yesterday and everyone's been screaming, Pittman, Pittman, Pittman. And then he comes on and we look like we can't play football. So the stick that he's getting, I think, is really unjust. 
I know there was a lot of blatant chances and again, you know, you'll discuss that in a second and let the listeners know these big opportunities. I mean, let's go through it because Ollie Hawkins, in my opinion, is a good striker for us and he allows us to link up. He allows the likes of, of Curtis and Lowe and etc. and Evans to get in good positions to score goals, which they have been doing this season, which is exactly what we sort of need, really. My actual doubt about it isn't about Hawkins, but what we'll do is we'll go through these chances first that Pompey missed against Gillingham and we'll see, you know, where we're going wrong. So, first half... We've got Hawkins. So Curtis puts that beautiful ball into the box of Jamal Lowe, who absolutely just finds Hawkins in the box. Yeah. One-on-one. It's a poor finish. The ball goes wide. Yeah, I mean, Jamal wasn't too happy about it either. He, he no. you know, sort of put his hands out as to say, well, how have you missed that? You know, if you watch the highlights again, you'll see him do it. And yeah, it was a great ball and big opportunity missed. I, I don't think... You can really sort of make any excuses for it. In all honesty, it's one of those ones you would expect your striker to take. But um, I, I suppose the only thing you could say maybe is first half opportunity was trying to settle into the game. But other than that, there's not really a big excuse for it. So Moving to the second half and we've got um, Hawkins again. And there's a ball from Ben Thompson that goes right across the front of the goal from the right. Ollie Hawkins appears to be at the back post there to, what, for what I'd say is a tap-in. Yep. I mean, again, he's not made contact with that one. Matt has a slightly different opinion to me on a possibility here. What do you think, Matt? I mean, when I, when I say opinion, I, I, it's it's just a, a possibility, and I'd like to see it maybe at a couple of angles. But it looked to me like there might have been a little bit of contact from the Gillingham defender behind, and I'm I'm not just screaming that out on on the defence of him, but there was a couple of Gillingham players around him. You can watch the highlights again. It, I'm not saying there might have been a lot or it might have not been blatant but it did look like there was maybe a little bit of contact and that's why he went with the wrong foot mm. if you guys have actually seen anything about that behind the goal because we weren't at the game yeah. then obviously give us a shout PO forecast if you were there and you saw any contact or you didn't see any contact and Hawkins literally trips over his own feet yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah let us know definitely um, obviously it's not all about Ollie missing some chances I thought Gareth Evans missed an absolute sitter as well in he the centre of the box yeah so there's a pullback from Lee Brown who makes a fantastic it was run. It's a great run. It's a great bit of football to open them up, actually. I mean, I'll come on to Lee Brown again a bit later, but uh, <laughs> the ball gets square back from the left. Gareth Evans is in the box, right in the middle. He's just got to place that, really. Yeah. And it's a goal. Gets it absolutely wrong. He sort of skies the ball. It flies. It just flies into the stand, doesn't it? Hopefully no one got hurt with about that in the, <laughs> in the back of the stand. Yeah, and if not, then uh, call Claims Direct. I'm sure they'll be able to help out. Yeah, there you go. Injury <laughs> lawyers for you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Not that we recommend any of those scumbag lawyer sites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Gareth Evans, again, a bit of a miss. And at that point, you think, maybe it's not going to be our day. <laughs> that's it sorry I had to have a bit of water there there you um, go yeah I think the more the more chances he, you see keep happening and, and misses keep you know appearing I think even sometimes the players probably sometimes feel like it's just not going to be the day and I've got to admit you know sitting at home listening to it I was I was just like this isn't going to happen today and in all honesty I actually did expect the second to come um, a bit earlier maybe <sighs> No, I, I I felt like we were going to be pushing to maybe grab a late equaliser. It'd open up a little bit for them. You know, I didn't expect the penalty. I'm not going to lie. Obviously, you don't 
you know, presume that... You don't have a premonition at home, you're like, penalty given away. Yeah, no, but, I mean, it's... I mean, Sunderland fans are probably... Um, I was a prime culprit of the whole karma thing with Charlton. I mean, Sunderland fans were probably right on that on the weekend again, <laughs> but maybe questioning why Jack got away with the yellow and, and Leuvens didn't, but, you know... I think at that point, the game's dead, yeah. and the referees just thought, why am I going to bother sending him off yeah, then? Yeah, I mean, that that's a, a big grind of mine when you say something like that, actually, because I feel like refs need to be more consistent all the time, but I, I get what mm. you're saying, the game was over... You know, that it was a, a really a, an irrelevant penalty, whether it went in or not. I it just was, couldn't see us. Do you know what? If he slid back. in and hacked him to the floor, he might have got a red. Yeah. I think yeah. the fact that you sort of just there's just contact there, isn't there? It was yeah. a bit clumsy, wasn't yeah. it? Really, in all honesty. But and then I think this this is the the miss that really hacked fans off. I'd say here, and you've got the ball from Curtis. It hangs in the air from the left perfectly. Ollie Hawkins is right there. And he fails to head it on target. He's just got completely under that. He's not got over that at all. That is a defender's header. Yeah, yeah. That is a defender's. That's an away yeah, header. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they would probably would have been proud of that. To be honest with you, if that you was know. Matt Clark heading out of the box, you would have been like, "Nice one, Matt. Yeah, That's yeah, a great yeah, header." Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's it was just not his day, was it? Really, you know. And and as I said, there's, there's no justification for any of them. In all honesty. Whether that one was a penalty or not, I might say there was a little bit of justification if it was. And as you said, let us know if, if anyone got a different opinion of it. But, you know, it was just a bad day. Bad day at the office. And, and this is why, you know, we're going to be later talking about what we need possibly in January and why, you know. So this is where my gripe comes in. And I think that at this moment in time, you're absolutely right. You've got to get Hawkins off the pitch because it's not working for him. Kenny Jacket obviously thinks as well that it's not working with Jamal and Curtis because he makes switches all across the front three um, and he takes off yeah. Lowe and Curtis. Yeah, Lowe yeah. and Curtis. And he brings on um, Andre Green and Wheeler and goes, right, let's just throw on some different players and see if we can change our fortune. But it didn't. we didn't create much, did we, after that at all? No. And uh, you've got to say that... People moaning about replacing Hawkins. I think Hawkins needs maybe a little bit more support up front. Maybe he needs yeah. someone else that can come on and make an impact. Or, you know, either or him starting from the bench or, you know, change it up. Because Brett Pittman's just not getting it done when he comes on. No, no. And do you know what? It's not a dig, but I mean, Jamal's goals have dried up recently a little bit, which, you know, has maybe reflected on... Um, you know the sort of scoring that we had earlier on in the season a little bit Ronan seems to be hitting a bit of form again which is only good news for us at the moment Yeah. and you know when he changed it up I'm not going to lie me and you have been you know jumping and waving our hands all season about him switching it up when we it's just not working and he to be fair he did it yesterday yeah no he did you know and it just wasn't working it just seemed like it was almost one of those days really you know and whether that was through you know, Wheeler playing bad and, and Andre Green playing bad or whether it was just, you know, a case that the team wasn't working. And Luke, one of Luke Ellis, he's mm-hmm. one of our regular listeners, you know, he said today in a tweet that Brett came on and it just almost looked like we stopped playing football and we didn't know where to go. Yeah. You know? And that is not something that I think you can go on a witch hunt, you know, to Brett about at the end of the day, but he just doesn't seem to be suiting this system. No. You know, but at the same time, 
I do agree. I don't think you could have kept Ollie on any more, really. I mean, how much more do you want to batter the guy's confidence? You know? I mean, if you don't actually believe in Brett Pittman at that stage as a manager, I think you need to push Ronan Curtis up front and bring on a yeah. winger. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do agree. I would do yeah. that. He can play up front. Yeah, you've just got to put someone else up top. I think I think he's not ready to give up on the Brett experiment yeah. as he thinks it has. He sort of feels like he might be able to find his form. I think he's the sort of player that you would maybe think could come on and just get a goal out of nothing. You know, he he did it a lot last season, not come on, but, you know, he scored out of a lot of situations yeah. where you didn't expect the goal to come from. So, I mean, he's got that in his locker, but unless you can get the ball to feet and, and provide that sort of service to him to get a goal like that, then he's not, you know, he's not going to do it. And he, he's not making the runs, he's not getting in behind... And I think a lot of the time, you know, especially yesterday, we got caught up in, in still playing the long ball up to Ollie Hawkins when Brett came on, and he just can't play that football. No, you, know? you could say that's down to some of the other players in the team, really, to, to look yeah. and to sort of think, right, we've got a different player playing up front, we've got to play the ball to him differently. Yeah. The midfielders maybe need to think a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a team thing, really, isn't it? That's what it comes yeah. down to. No, completely, it is. And I think... It it does show a lot, unfortunately, that, and, and it, as you said earlier to me, there's no fault of Ollie's at all, whatsoever. But I think we we need someone else there that's going to be a lot more clinical and and finish these chances that we're creating off. And I think the moment that comes, and if it works well for us, I think you'll see us start pulling away a little bit more now. Mm. You know, I mean, if you look at Luton where they've come from since they they've you know come into the league, they had a little bit of a slow start. But they weren't poor by any means. No, you, know. you saw them at Fratton Park and they actually played better than us. We managed yeah. to steal a win. Yeah, you know, and they've just got striker after striker after striker in that team. And and they can bring and rotate that team and, and they've, they've got no concerns at all about doing it. And that's what we need. But I feel like Ollie will bring something still when we... When we of course he will. We don't do need to that. replace him. He's doing Not well. All, we just yeah. need to have a, a plan B. Yeah, that's it. Completely. Well, you know, plan A and Ollie maybe becomes a plan B. Either or, Either but, or, yeah, but whoever's yeah. playing the best. I just want. I just need this. We need squad depth up front. We need squad depth and we need goals. You know, and it's been the story of our season, really. If, if you look through, I mean, I've, I've said all season. I'm happy when we're grinding out results. It, it's a, it shows character in the team, and everyone can see it. But unfortunately, sometimes you just need teams like Gillingham. You need to be killing them off, you know, and especially when you're dominating a game as much as we did yesterday. So that's it, I suppose. We'll roll into part two where we will do a bit of transfer news and then we'll be straight into the Bogner interviews and then we can do the Fleetwood in part three. It's enough. Hi, Poppy fans, and welcome back to part two of the PO forecast. Matt's looking at me weirdly. What haven't I done? I thought you hadn't set the timer on the thing right but hey no we're all good right (laughs) anyway moving on it's time to do some talk about some transfer news and according to Neil Allen on the news the man himself he said that Pompey have agreed to sign 22 year old Andy Cannon from Rochdale Um, he's a versatile midfielder now what I've seen on Twitter looks like the Rochdale fans are a little bit upset about this one a uh, fee reported to be in the region of 150 grand, which they're saying is a bit of a bargain. He's fell out of favour at Rochdale. The manager and him don't seem to see eye to eye, which is always a little bit worrying. But apparently, he's a fan's favourite down there. Works very hard. He's still young, and Kenny Jacket says he's likely to um, a challenge for one of the two, the three attacking places in midfield. So wherever Ronan Curtis. 
Evans or Jamal Lowe will be at the moment. So good to add players to the squad. We need to do that, as me and Matt have been talking about. We need to add squad players, basically, for the push. Sunderland will be adding players in January, absolutely no doubt. I'm sure Luton will as well. Matt, sounds like a good signing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I heard Kenny said that he was uh, a player that he knew, but he hadn't inquired about. Yeah, <laughs> that's the classic one, isn't it? I think that's what he, he said originally, didn't he? He did. Isn't that the he statement did. he said before? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I know who he is, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, it, you can never complain about a young player who is so versatile, as you were kind of telling me. I don't really know too much about him, but you were explaining that he can play right back... He can play in the centre attack in midfield role. I think that's where he's going to believe to be fitting in, which, you know, is an interesting topic one day for sort of, is, is he going to be a backup to Gareth Evans or is Gareth Evans going to drop back into centre midfield if Ben Thompson goes? Wait for another day. But yeah, interesting. I, I think it's it's only good that he's 22 as well. I think it's it's a good future for him. I'm sure Kenny will mould him into the player that he wants. So. Yeah, I mean, he's coming through the Rochdale youth setup. apparently. He's only got six goals, I believe, in 125 games. Yeah, I that mean, it's not a massive return, is it? For an attacking midfielder. midfielder. But, you know, maybe maybe he's more about the, the passing ability and, you know, mm-hmm. dropping in and getting the ball and being a bit more busy. So. More of a Ben Close comparison there? Yeah, maybe, you know... As I've always said, I'm a big fan of Ben Close, but maybe he's a bit more of a finished Ben Close, if that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. maybe more, he's maybe more sort of had that, I mean, 125 games is a lot more than probably what Ben Close has put in for us, maybe. I don't know, mate, actually. I'd, I'd like, it'd be interesting to see, but I think I've always said Ben Close isn't quite finished yet, you know, in, in his sort of, uh, what, what's the word you would use for it? complete I don't know no like his production development development, that's it yeah 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 yeah. sorry everyone (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah I mean it's it's, I think he's he's going to be a good player for us. I mean, Kenny must obviously see something exciting in him. Obviously, I think he's going to clearly fit into the team, you know. And and hopefully, he's got that same team banter as well. So he'll just slide in with all the lads as well. You've got to trust the lads here and look at the um, our recruitment team and think, hey, we've done a lot a lot of good things here. Mm. They picked up some good players from from non league and from Ireland, etc. Yeah. Maybe not at the highest level you'd assume to come straight in and be real impact players, but. They know they've seen someone thinking in, and yeah. I put my trust in the lads there. Oh, completely. I mean, you could have said the same when we were looking at Jamal originally. You could have said it about Ronan Curtis, and and look at look mm-hmm. at how they've come on. So I, I've got full confidence that he's going to be a great player to us. So yeah, nice one. Okay, so he's not a striker though, is he, Matt? He's not, and this is what we are screaming out for. Everybody is screaming out for it. We need a striker. So there's two options really, isn't there? No, there's three options. One option is we go out, splash the cash and we buy a striker who's doing well. And I think, you, as you sort of said in a, in a discussion between us earlier, you know, it can be profitable to do that. Yeah. Especially if promotion's on the cards and, and come the end of the season, this striker's got us the potential extra 15, 20 goals that we need desperately. I mean, 20 goals is a big ask up to the, from January to the end of the season. 12, 15 goals 12, would be 15 great. 12, 15 goals would, would definitely, you know, push it on. And obviously with the other lads around to score it, keep scoring, mm-hmm. it can only be better. But the, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying we need to go and spend silly money by any means, but I think there's definitely some shrewd business to be done. And if the money is really the only sort of thing stopping us from going out and, and getting that finished striker that we've been all calling for then I think sometimes it's going to have to be worth the punt yeah sometimes I think when you get to the stage when you're top of the league at Christmas and you think hey 
we've got to go in and splash some cash, it's worth it if you can get promoted. So, Matt, if we're going to splash cash, there's been a few options said around, yeah? There has, yeah. So, we're not that confident these are not necessarily happen, but let's aim for the sky. Matt, who do, who do you want? Well, I mean, I got quite excited seeing the news about Jaden Stockley, in all honesty. He, for me, I loved him when he came to us on loan from Bournemouth. I thought then he definitely wasn't the out-and-out striker. You know, he, he's got such a massive work ethic when he was with us he he chased back yeah. he wasn't scared to put his foot in he worked hard I mean he was almost like having a giant Dave Nugent you know it was it was great to watch <laughs> I loved his commitment um, but he just didn't really know where the net was when he was with us and that was obviously the big problem at the time but you know people are saying well this is in league two it's a it's a big drop etc etc but at the end of the day it, he's Got a return with Exeter of fifty goals in ninety seven. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's almost one every other game, but it's more than no, one every other game, which is a massive return. And do you know what? Yeah, he, he's playing in League Two and he's scoring goals in League Two. Well, Bristol City were pretty excited when Mo Issa was scoring, you know, goals in League Two last season and took a punt on him. Yeah. Obviously, I know that one's not played off for them, you know, unfortunately, but. For me, I, I think it's an exciting prospect. It's not that big a back. step from League One to League Two is, is the Championship. Yeah. If you look at the, like, how Luton have come up with a very similar team and done yeah. really well, yeah. so I don't think changed the team at all. Yeah, so I don't really think that that's a big no. step. So we need to worry about too much. No, not at all. And do you know what? He's a South Coast boy. He's from Paul. You know, he, he's been at Bournemouth. He's already been at the club, so he he obviously knows a few of the staff that are still there from his time. You know, it, 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 I think it's, it's... It's the price tag, mate. It's the price tag for me. I, a £750,000 release clause, you know, that's a lot of money to be chucking. You know, when I'm talking about maybe taking that pun, I'm, you know, I'm talking maybe just under the 500, maybe the 400, sort of worth striker, but seven hundred in January is a big risk, you know, for a player that we still don't know if he's going to be a championship quality player. That's true. So, yeah, that's one of the rumours that's been out there. I think when you look at a striker, we need someone who can, who's got a bit, maybe a bit of pace, but also that finishing ability. Yeah. You know, in an ideal world, I'd like to pick up someone like Lyle Taylor from from Charlton. Yeah. As I've said, he's quick, he gets assists, he scored, I think it's nine goals in the league this season. Yeah. Six assists. He's one of those players that he's got that finishing ability, that he troubles defenders. And I think if you saw him in those chances that Hawkins had, yeah. he would have buried one or two of those easily against Gillingham. Yeah. So that's where I'm thinking. But are we going to spend the money that's worth it for a League One team to sell a top striker? I think it goes on what I've just said really about 750 for Stockley. I think you're going to be paying more than than that for Lyle Taylor. Unfortunately, yeah. Charlton aren't certainly going to let him go to a, a promotion rival cheaply, you know, if they'd let him go at all. Um I like him. I he, I've liked him. You know, even when I saw him at AFC Wimbledon, he, you could tell that he he was a goal scorer. He gets in the right positions. He works hard, and he he's a little bit crafty as well. You know, he he won that red card really off Ben Thompson. You know, he he knew what he was doing. He was looking at the ref. You know, spun himself back over and rolled over like he'd just been shot. You know, and it, and sometimes I mean I I hated it when I saw it, but. If he's going to do that and, and get you a, a decision going your way, then do you know what? You're not going to complain about it. No, the ref should be a little bit more wise to that, in my opinion. That ref was shocking. He was, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and that's what it is. And then I think what we'd have to look at is the second option is free transfer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always that option, you know. <laughs> Who? 
This is it. I mean, you don't, you never know who's going to be released, but obviously, between now and and transfer time, a lot of players are frustrated at clubs, putting transfer requests, contracts running down. You know, you, you don't know really. I, I'm not clued up enough to know whose contracts are, are coming to an end to really look at it. Do some research. I will. I will do some research into that for you, mate. You know, I'll put some hard work in over the, the next few days, good, especially New Year's Eve. I'll plug in around about 11 o'clock, mate. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Spend all New Year's looking at the free yeah, transfer market. Yeah, Mrs. won't mind either, mate. She loves it. She'll be all aboard, mate. Yeah, she will. All be. aboard. I mean, let's, let's probably run I mean, that the, the other one, really, I suppose, with, is, the which loan. Is, is the loan market. That's always been out there. It's been a, a quite a sort of big thing for Pompey the last couple of seasons. We've gone out in the loan market. I think last season being the strangest one of all. <laughs> but, yep. you know, um, it, it's available and there's some good youngsters. Kenny Jacket, obviously, has been around academies as He's well. He's well-connected, isn't he, Kenny? He's very well-connected. Yep. So that's one to look out for. And obviously everyone's been throwing around the Tom Eves one as well. For me, really unrealistic. I would love Tom Eves. Ka-ching, 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 yeah. ka-ching. I mean, championship clubs have been sniffing around Tom Eves, so for me it's unrealistic. But who knows? We'll keep the door open on that one and sort of see what crops up. Indeed. And I think we'll look at maybe the teams that Jackets had affiliations with. That's what we're looking at, the likes of Tottenham, the likes of Wolves, etc. Maybe have a look at the squad players there and see who... He could be getting. Yeah. That's that's what I'd say. Are we going to spend the money? Not sure. Are we more likely in January to pick up a loan and then in the summer make that permanent if it works or then spend the money if we get to the championship? That's what that's my ink. Anyway, we're going to move now into... Matt, do you know what time it is? I know what time it is. It's time for... Loan Update. That's right, Poppy fans. It's time for the Loan Watch. And today... We're talking about me and Matt's little trip down to Bognor to check on the progress of the Pompey players there on loan. So, just to set the scene, about 20 minutes, half an hour after the game um, against Bognor, me and Matt managed to grab Dan Smith and sit down in the stand for a little chat with Dan, um, just about how his development's going. He's a little bit deflated due to, well, we're talking about refereeing decisions, an absolutely shocking red card against their goalkeeper at the end of the first half, a handball, which wasn't handball, completely changed the game. So you can hear a little bit of that sort of in his voice creeping through, but I'll be honest, it was really nice, Dan, to sit down with us and spend the time to have a chat with us. So, yeah, check it out. This is our interview with Dan Smith. Hi, Pompey fans, and we're here for the PO forecast of Pompey News now, and uh, we're here with Dan Smith. Dan. Tried to come down and see you before, but you unfortunately had an injury. We had a little chat with uh, with Brad and Joe Dandy down here. But um, how are you feeling, mate? You feeling like you're feeling a bit better now? Yeah, definitely. It's um, probably a very frustrating game today, but uh, no, I feel like I'm getting back into it. Still, probably not on the form I was in terms of scoring a lot of goals and things like that. And I'm still probably not as sharp as I need to be to be challenging to get back to Pompey and things like that. But I uh, keep working on it. I mean, um, you were on the bench the other day weren't you, for the uh, Checker Trade Trophy game and I know that Joe Gallen mentioned on the last one when Brad started that you might have got the nod if um, you've been fit and healthy. So, obviously there's a lot of promise there for yourself. H- how are you feeling then? Because there's a lot of um, you know good expectations for you playing and stuff and you're just going to keep getting better, really, mate, about it? Yeah, stuff? definitely. It's, it's nice to hear and things and um, a big thing for me here is... Um, playing men's football and things like that and working on my hold-up play. I've never been a striker before. I've always been 
attacking midfielder getting on the half turn so it's very different for me to have my back to goal trying to hold the ball up which um, I think I am getting better at and things like that and yeah with the game the other day I, I probably shouldn't have even been on the bench but they asked me to do it and said you might get on but I think they uh, looked back and said to me after the end we didn't think it'd be fair because it would have been my first game back in I think two months Yeah. so it was probably probably best not to to be honest and um, just a bit about yourself really mate just a casual chat so you're from around London originally are you? I was born um, Crystal Palace way. Yeah, we're from, we live just south of Croydon. Ourselves. Oh, really? I yeah. moved. I moved when I was um, like two, so I can't tell you <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah, feel like me from moving out from um, from Gosport. As yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so yeah. I can't tell you much about the place, but yeah, my um, parents and stuff are working there, and then um, moved down, living in um, Walsash now. So yeah. yeah, and um, you came to the club pretty young, didn't you? So was yeah, under eight. Yeah, or? under eight. Um, I was at a few academies around here, and yeah, chose Pompey. Really enjoyed it and things like that. Um, was really happy there and yeah kicked on from there how do, how do you get into it then mate how did you get did someone kind of a chat to you or did you get scouted, yeah, scouted. Um, there were a couple knocking about I think and then um, there was un, under eights like the advanced under eights they called it and yeah. things like that and just the little development centres I was going to and to be honest I just enjoyed it a lot more there Keith Avery and stuff who, who were my under nine coach just convinced me with it and I, yeah, I was really enjoying it Dave Wright who's now at the club yeah, really liked it. Yeah, I mean, um, we were chatting to when we were chatting to Brad and Joe. I remember Joe mentioned that some of the other lads at the club, so Matt Clark, um, was sort of you know, um, you know, had a word helping him out really. Yeah. Some, how are the guys in the first team squad with you? Do you have a, do you have a chat to them? Or? Yeah, they're good. Um, I mean, it's always good. Uh, I do chat to people like Jamal and Louis Dennis a lot in terms of what they look for with a striker. And um, Connor Chaplin was helping me a lot. Obviously, when he um, he literally just left, he was helping me a lot in terms of the finishing and looking at the hard work that goes into it. But as you said with Matt Clark, he's probably the best person to model it off because he is unbelievable to be honest. But yeah, he's yeah. got he's got some techers, mm, isn't he, Clark? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's probably also a lot about looking at what Brett and Ollie do to get in those positions, which I'm obviously not doing at the moment, which I need to add to my game and things like that. But I, I think I can do it. I think you're doing just, pretty well, mate. I think yeah. you've had a bit of a bluesy game today as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's probably why I'm a little yeah, bit yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should give yourself yeah, a bit more a bit credit, more mate. You're doing well, yeah. Um, so, to be honest, uh, quick question from me. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, there's a few of you down here now. Mm. Um, what, what sort of relationship do you guys all have together? Do you hang out together? What with um, Bogner or? Well, with, yeah, with Brad and John. Oh, with Brad, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've probably got a lot closer to them now. I haven't played with Leon here, but um, yeah, I probably have got a lot closer to those lads because it is just a little bit of connection. I feel like I'm playing really well with Brad at the moment, and people probably. Who have come down and watched it? Like, no, they're saying that in the stands yeah, today. All the fans up, were, yeah, linking up really well. And I think, to be honest, when one of us doesn't play, it probably does really affect the other. Like I didn't think I had. Obviously, we got a player sent off, but I didn't have as much service as I would have if he was playing. Yeah, and probably, probably vice versa. If um, when I'm not playing, when I was injured for a while, we didn't score that many and things like that. So I think it just works both ways. We're both good players, so yeah. just complements each other. I mean, like. Um, I was gonna say, do the coaches keep in contact with you guys down here? Do they do they touch in or? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I have I've um, chats with the gaffer, chats with um, Joe and people like that. Uh, Mark Kelly, Blakey, obviously was here last year, so still yeah. talking to everyone like that. What you, um, just coming off as a bit of a serious, more football topic. Like, what do you like to do, mate, in your spare time? Are you, are you any good at FIFA or oh, see, you're I, a Fortnite lad? Or? I, don't, I don't really like to play FIFA to be honest with you, because it's just I'm I'm at 
I'm at football all day, talk about yeah, football, see, yeah. like watching <laughs> football, and then I don't really want to be playing football on PS4 and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Like, I'll go for a good gun game any day, or like Assassin's Creed, stuff like that. Or yeah. I love Call watching Duty, movies. Any good? Uh, I'm okay. Yeah? <laughs> okay, yeah. It's more, more to be honest, Assassin's Creed, like those type of games. Yeah, like, sure. It's just so much, like so different to anything like football. It's just different escape. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. All right, mate. Appreciate your right, time so you. much. Thank yeah, you very sorry much. Sorry, I'm a bit down. Not at all. <laughs> Thank Cheers. you. Cheers. Thank you, Dan. Thanks again to Dan Smith for sitting down for us at that time. It's great to chat up with him. He's an absolute gent. Um, proper nice lad, wasn't he, Matt? Had his head screwed on. He, yeah, he certainly did. Um, I, I found the part interesting where he said, you know, he's been adjusting to, to his new role. You know, and, and it was great. that I mean, he, he as you said sort of before the interview, he was so deflated and, and understandably why, you know, we sat and watched that game and... You know, it was a, a really good game between two good teams to begin with and it was sort of ruined by the ref and, and I understand his frustration, but great character, great professionalism from him, you know, and I've got really high hopes for Dan Smith and, and he's certainly one for me to look out for. Yeah, I believe it. I think uh, looking at how he, you know, how he plays, he's one of those players that I think will transition pretty well into the Pompey first team. I think that if you can get a bit of cup experience, now he's fit, that would be ideal. And I know Kenny Jacket and all the team over there really, really rate him. Yeah, and I mean, he popped up with a really important goal for Bogner on the weekend. They got the win against their bitter rivals, Worthing, um, which you'll hear Lee's excitement about in a minute when we, we jump into that interview. Yeah, all right then. So what we're going to do is we're going to go into the interview with Lee Brown, who's the commentator for Bogner. Lee Brown? Lee Brown. I've got Lee Brown. You've got Lee Brown on the mind, mate. You're getting ready for your pound bet, aren't you? That's it. Right, Lee Roberts, sorry Lee, the uh, the Bogner commentator. Just to set the scene, we sat down in the dugout before the game. We did, yeah. Like royalty. Yeah, that's it, mate. It was the only it. place that wasn't playing banging Christmas music. <laughs> yeah. So we could actually hear each other. So listen to Lee. He literally has all the lowdown on all the different Pompey players that are on loan at Bogner. Hi Bobby fans and welcome to the PO Forecast. Now we are here in the Bogner Regis dugout with uh, Lee Roberts, commentator, Bogner Regis legend and we're going to catch up about how the Pompey players are doing down at Bogner. So Lee, what's new, what's going on? It's been up and down to be fair. While Pompey fans are, are fairly optimistic with how their season's going, still top of the league, uh, looking like should be top of the league at Christmas. Bogner Regis fans pretty far from optimistic at the moment there's a bit of gloom around the place at the moment um, a fair few injuries but I'm still confident we can be in and around the playoff zone and hopefully make it a double promotion season for our local size Pompey and of course the Rocks yeah I mean uh, what do you think uh, obviously yeah, we've got Dan Smith who's back from injury since last time we spoke about how important is that for Bogner this season it's massive at the end of the day it's almost been a role reversal between Dan and, and Brad Lethbridge, of course, because uh, Brad, at the start of the season, was still finding his feet, and then all of a sudden, the, the guy was on fire. You've obviously seen his highlight reel. We know who's won the goal of the season competition. It's just a matter mm. of, of which goal. Uh, for me, it's the one against Lewis. Yeah. I keep raving about it, and I definitely advise um, once you've been listening to us, get yourself on the podcast, uh, on YouTube after the podcast, have a look at the Lewis goal. But Brad, uh, Dan Smith, since he's come back, 
he's still trying to find his feet again and I believe once he gets one goal he'll hit an absolute hat for I really do okay. and you've now obviously had the the additions of another two Pompey players that have come down Freddie Reid and Leon Maloney yep. uh, how, how have they been getting on since they've arrived down at Bognor been doing pretty steady actually to be honest looking at the fact that Freddie Reid uh, started against Arsenal that's it doesn't matter what competition it is, you know, some people derive the Checker Trade trophy, you know, I take the Mickey out of it. Yeah. But to play against Arsenal, even friendly competition, mm -hmm. it may only be their youngsters. But to have that on your CV is great. And and Freddie is obviously in and out of the squad because there's only a certain amount of, of lone players that you can have and then he's one day. To, I believe so. That. I think it's two of the match squad, I think. I believe so. Again, I'm not massively up to up to um speed with the um the specifications regarding the team yeah. but I think the two youngsters have done done pretty well Maloney haven't seen too much of him but Freddie Reid definitely caught the eye with his passing and he didn't look out of place in, in men's football yeah yeah okay I mean I think uh, obviously Brad got the start Brad Lethbridge down at Portsmouth up front and um, Joe Gallen gave him a lot a lot of praise for that and uh, Dan obviously was on the bench the other day and mm. um, I think he, he could have got the start as well, but he's just as you say, he's just going back to match fitness. I think that's fair. I do think that's fair. Bradley Lethbridge has obviously pl been playing um, uh, week in, week out with with, um, with Bogner. Dan's coming back from, from his injury, the knock that he got. But Brad is definitely on fire, and he is now up there in my opinion at the same level as Dan Smith and they are setting the place on fire at the moment he's good good players to have in the squad they so, really are I mean Joe Joe uh, mentioned after the game the Tottenham game that he felt that Brad needed to, to build up a bit more physicality yep. would you say he's not far off off the target of, of playing you know in, in more checker trade games or more early round league cup games with that physicality is, is he getting that down here at Bogner? The physicality in this league isn't so much as it would be in the Southern League. If he, if he was to be playing in Moneyfield's league, that's a more physical league. But it's definitely getting more physicality in his game. And that is something that he does need to have. He's a tall player. He's a decent player. He gets that physicality, and as I say, it's going to be between him and Dan as to who can take that Connor Chaplin role at Bombay. Yeah, yeah, as I said before, last time you were here. Mm -hmm. Okay, and obviously since we've last popped down, uh, Joe has been released from Bognor uh, due to an injury. Yeah. Um, you know, how much of a, of a loss has that been for Bognor? He's a defender, and at the end of the day, we're getting no luck. People moan about injuries, and always when you hear it in the press and on podcasts, you think. It's just an excuse. We've lost five defenders. Pretty oh, much okay. all of them central defenders. I mean, we had Gary Charman, Soro come back. Uh, the guy in the protective mask, pretty easy to um, to spot. We love, we know him as Soro, and unfortunately got injured within mm -hmm. half an hour of coming back to, to Bogner from Burgess Hill. So your luck when it comes to central defenders. Robbie and Jack must have kicked so many black cats. On the way, on the way through this season, uh, to get the injury list that they have had, and, and the fact that Joe's left Bognor, I obviously wish him the best. He looked decent in the the one or two games that he played for us. Yeah. Okay. Any more for you? I was just going to say that um, 
if it, if it comes to one of the guys does get recalled here to to Portsmouth, who just one of the balls has just been kicked. We're sitting in the dugout. I'm so just, <laughs> just throwing it back out again. Joy's a non-league football. There you go. Um, yeah, if, if one of the guys does get recalled, I don't know if you've seen at Pompey, we've got um, Matt Casey who started that game uh, for Portsmouth as well. Um, do you think he'd be the sort of player who might be useful down here at Bognor? At the end of the day, any players that Pompey deem not quite at the level to be playing uh, League One football can obviously be more than welcome here. And I, I still believe that, that Robbie... Blake has a massive influence in between the links yeah. and that has never been been stronger. Um, before we do end, I need to talk about the Christmas jumpers. Yeah, we're, we're here. We're here. Yeah. <laughs> Lee is wearing an absolutely outstanding Christmas jumper, which I believe are on sale here for £13. Is that correct? Yeah, £13. It is, uh, I love the Christmas jumper and the, the reason why I want to talk about it is the money goes to charity as yeah. well. And you can find out more details on the uh, at Rocks1883 Twitter account, the club's official account. They're £13. They're on sale from the uh, club shop and we are having a Christmas jumper off with Worthing for the Al Classico on the 22nd of December when we go to Remlock down the road. Our, nice our massive rivals are against yeah. Worthing and uh, they've got their Christmas jumpers we've got ours so we're trying to get in the spirit of Christmas <laughs> definitely well, we'll be sure to grab one and also we'll put that on, on our Twitter feed yes. of course and we'll help promote that for you guys and um, yes. thanks again for chatting to us no, it's an absolute guys. pleasure pleasure to have you thank guys. you Go get back to your commentating spot alright we'll watch guys. the thank game you thank you much. Thanks again to Lee Roberts for what was an amazing interview. And Matt, I'll be honest, he's the man who knows more about the Pompey prospects than any of us do. Yeah, yeah, he does indeed. Um, you know, he's been quite impressed by them. Hasn't seen a lot of Leon Maloney. Uh, I think they've got a rule, haven't they? They're only allowed two, two at a time from one club. Um, so it was we were sort of maybe expecting Brad and Dan to be there. Um, Brad was actually unwell that day. Yeah. Um, had a terrible cold or flu by all accounts. Yeah, yeah. He tried to play through it, didn't he? Game he did, before. yeah. The game before, he tried to play through it and he, it just, you know, it got worse after. So mm -hmm. he missed out. Um, and Freddie Reid actually played that game. Um, we uh, we didn't, you know, manage to unfortunately catch Freddie. Um he must have shot off quick after the game. With Matt the was making a cup of tea. I was making a cup of tea. I was enjoying the hospitality <laughs> from the lovely Bognor lads. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as you sort of hear Lee say, they, they've all settled in really well. Yeah, Freddie Reid, I mean, it, it was a, a really tough game for him. Down to 10 men as well. Down to me. He had to, to work 10 times harder than he probably normally would have had to. But from what we, we saw, you know, of his ability, he's very confident on the ball. You would have seen that in the tri tri trophy game against Arsenal. His positioning's very good. He reads the game well. He does. He he reads it very well. Ha, ha, ha. Greg will like that one. Yeah. Uh, there's that. one for you, Greg, and your, your quotes. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... It, it seems like he sat. He was back a little bit, right? But in my opinion, they played him in what was like a holding midfield role in the game, and he could have done with being pushed further a bit forward, like in the Checker tra Trophy game. Yeah. For definitely. me, his best position is in front of the two centre midfielders in the sort of almost Gareth Evans free role. From what I've seen of him in very limited amount of time, admittedly, yeah, but and it was a tough game to to kind of make a judgment really for him. I mean. Robbie was was quite frustrated. I think he wanted him to to release the ball a lot quicker, and so they could break more. I mean, the conditions as well were absolutely horrendous, weren't they? Yeah. it was pouring. It was the the day um, 
Southend, we played Southend at home. Yeah. So, you know, that'll give you an idea. It was it was torrential for, for long periods. And and again, that just sort of made the game more difficult, really, didn't it, for everyone. You know, they were playing quite strong passes into Dan Smith to try and sort of spin on and, you know, the water was just taking it away, really, Yeah, wasn't it was difficult, it? So, wasn't it? Yeah, there we go. Anyway, cheers, guys, and thanks again to Lee. Thanks to Dan. And, and thanks to Bogner. Big thanks yeah, to Bogner. thanks to the club completely for letting us, our two ugly mugs, come in the ground and I've have a chat. I've got to say, quickly, before we sign off on this one, get yourself down there. They are a fantastic club. The facilities are incredible. They do, you know, really good stuff for, for local charities. You know, they get local businesses involved as well. The food is incredible. It is incredible, yeah. yeah. And big fan of the cheesy chips, mate. Yeah, me, so. all, all about the cheesy chips. And also, I'd just like to say, the pitch there is absolutely fantastic. And they love to play, you know, really nice style of football. So get yourself down to Bognor, get some chips and let us know you've been. Take a photo, send yeah. it to us at PO Forecast. Right, guys, we're now going to go straight into the final bit, which is the build-up for the... Fleetwood game. That's right, people. It's time for Fleetwood. It's time for Joey Barton and his band of whatever you want Mary to call them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the plight, so you can say really. But yeah. Let's go into part three. Welcome back to part three of the PO forecast. And Matt, we've got one of your favourite teams of the season. We've well, got Fleetwood. As you've kind of put it on the on the notes, mate, the most boring team to watch in the league. You know, they. Yeah. I don't really know what to say about teams like Fleetwood, mate. They don't excite me really. They normally just finish bang average, middle of the table. You know, they kept, we were looking, weren't we, before the the start of part three um, at the the game at Fratton Park. Um, if any of you remember. We had 11 shots that game, one on target. They had two shots in that game, none on target. No goals, no shots on target. Clearly, that was a, a, you know, unclassy Joey Barton tactic to come down and try and steal a point of us at home. They time-wasted all game. In the first half, the second half. I mean, I think he got in trouble on the touchline that game as well, didn't he? I know he didn't get sent off. Um, Or actually, was he on the touchline? No, but he made a comment saying that we were the better team. Yeah, yeah. But I'm still not going to say anything nice about him, mate. I mean... No, 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 no. He said that Fleetwood were the better team. Oh, right, yeah. We had 11 shots to their two. Yeah, I mean... What what was he trying to suggest they were better in in terms of, you know, doing nothing? Because that's certainly the case. Ollie Hawkins broke the deadlock in that game, um, which obviously was the winner. And it, it was nice to get the three points against them. You know, it, it's a game where I'd be expecting three points, especially at home. I think away it's going to be a little bit different for us. They've got a couple of good players that are, have got some um, high scoring. Right, let's just go into it, right, Matt. Here we go. So Fleetwood are 10th in League One, eight points behind Peterborough and sixth. So bang mid-table, not likely to get a playoff spot. Can't see them with their form going on any sort of run to make the playoffs, all right? Yep. By expected goals, they are the most boring team to watch in the league. They create hardly anything. They do score a few goals, though, from the chances they create. So you've got Ashley Hunter up front, who I'm a big fan of. He's 23 years old. He's five foot ten, so he's not the you know the biggest striker, but he's got five goals and he's got nine assists. So he, he creates at the weekend stuff as well. He did, yeah. He scored at the weekend. So they played against Bristol Rovers, I believe, didn't they? Uh, Donny, was it? 
Oh, game. that's the game before. So yeah, they played yeah. Doncaster at home. That Doncaster at home game again, they won three 0 with an expected goals of one point two. So completely against the run of play, according to XG. Other players, they've got Paddy Madden. You guys might know him from Scunthorpe. Yeah, Yeovil before that, depending on how old you are. Um, basically, he's got uh, over, over four seasons there. He scored 52 goals in 167 games for them. So that's a pretty good return. Yeah. He's got nine goals, four assists this season. He's a good finisher. Don't give him any space because, as you can see, Fleetwood don't create many chances. So they will be really heavily relying on those two guys in particular to get some goals for him. Yeah, yeah. So Matt Clark, Jack Watmore, when they get the ball... Shut them down. Yeah. I mean, my, my biggest concern is, is this is an, almost another Gillingham potential fixture. It's a big banana skin. As you said, XG-wise, they are the most boring team. But if you look at the Donny game, it was 3-0 at home, and they only had a 1.2 XG. So mm. they can almost nick a goal from out of nothing, you know, and, and basically do nothing all game. And, it, you know, we could create hundreds and hundreds of chances, but this we've got to score up there. We have to score. This, we, and we have to open the scoring as well, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Open them up, draw them out and finish them off. And, you know, I, I would say this in most games against a team like this, but I think once you get that goal, I think they will come out a little bit. And I, I do think they're probably poor enough to maybe concede another one yeah, as well. Yeah, they are. They're one of those teams, I think, that get frustrated when they're down and they, their game plan will always be frustrate, 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 frustrate in a typical Joey Barton pesty manner. And then it will be take the chances when you occasionally get them. Yeah. They've got players who can do that, we just mentioned. So get a goal, Pompey. We can't have a game against like the Gillingham game because... No. We'll come out empty-handed again. Not over 90 minutes, but we need to start like we got up at Bradford. You know, an early goal. Yeah. You know, I don't. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying the 1-0 will we'll close the game out and, and we'll get the three points guaranteed, but it will just bring out a, a boring team a little bit more and, and hopefully create a bit more of a game for, you know, the travelling away support who are going to go and pay money to hopefully see some good football and not Joey Barton you know, boring the hell out of the game, really. Yeah, which it could well be. I think that we'll have to leave the review in the sense that, Matt, who do you think is going to score for us then? Do you think we're going to get a goal? Do you think we're going to bounce back from Gillingham? Do do. Is it going to fire us up? I do. I think we're going to win 2 0. Yeah. And I'm actually going to go, he's going to redeem himself, Ollie Hawkins. He's going to come back and, and prove the haters wrong like he has done all season. And I'm going to go for Gareth Evans as well. I haven't really shouted Gareth Evans much this season for, for getting a goal. He's got eight uh, you know, goals now as well. He has. So, yeah, for me, I think uh, he'll finish the game off for us and we'll, we'll get a 2-0. Two 2-0, nil. Two nil, you think, yeah? Yeah. And uh, do you think Jacket... I should have asked you first, mate, but do you think Jacket will make any changes to the Gillingham team? I mean, th- this is something that I'm actually... On, on next week's show, I'm going to discuss. I, I've heard a lot of chat about people saying we look tired and, and worn out. But, I mean, what, what concerns me the most is they're professionals at the end of the day. And I think if anyone was suffering with fatigue, I'm sure they'd have the ability to look up and say that they were doing that. And obviously then the change would be enforced. I don't think it, it's a case of they're being made to, to play all these games. We're, we're only playing a maximum of two a week. And for any professional footballer, that, that's normal. So, you know, yeah, they've had to put in shifts and hard work you know, and then these games have obviously been a lot harder than your regular game. But 
I think we need to stick to what we know and especially after the loss at Gillingham so I'd hope he he sticks with the same team and, and we can go out and you know prove the doubters wrong well I'm going to say that the game's going to be a 3-1 win I think we're going to go 2-0 up they'll grab one back against the run of play and we'll go and finish them off 3-1 I think that the issue I've got really with changing the team up first of all is that if we are going to change it up, I want to see Ronan pushed up front and another winger played out wide, maybe Andre Green or whoever we work yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't want to see Pittman start the game up front. I think we'll struggle to, to get a goal and then I've, I feel that that might play straight into Fleetwood's hands. Yeah. So, first goal, Ronan Curtis, he's on good form. Yeah. Gareth Evans again, I agree with you, mate, completely. And then the third goal is going to come from Lee Brown <laughs> yeah. from, distance. from distance. It's time, mate. It's time. He looked great. He was my man of the match against Gillingham. Yeah. You yeah. see the chances he got his crazy. Yeah, yeah. A little overlap. Good overlapping. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the, the worrying thing, mate, is he keeps doing this overlapping, but really he should just be hitting them, you know, from a pass back or about sort of maybe forty yards as you keep saying. Yeah, it's true. I, do you know what though, mate? I sort of almost feel though that you know Roman Curtis scores from the angle quite a lot. Yeah. Take yeah. a shot, Lee. Well, Take that yeah, chance. Yeah. Keeper seems to be letting him in. <laughs> He's running at the same angle. I mean, how many times is he going to have to tweet saying that he's, you know, it's coming? We 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 need this, Lee. We we need we need to put a stopper on this. Plus, he's boring the hell out of me every week about it. So <laughs> just get it done, mate. For me. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. And I think that here we go, Pompey. Let's bounce back because if we don't bounce back from this this last game, we could find ourselves on a bit of a skid because we've not yeah. really got the results apart from the Sunderland one that we want recently. We need to build some confidence. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's only going to be four points from five or mm-hmm. six games by Fleet, by the time we, we go to Fleetwood. So, mm-hmm. you know, it needs to we need to, to put a stop on that and, and get some points on the board. Because those gnarly bastards at Luton are catching us up. Yeah, they're just not stopping. They're not slowing down. No. Uh, and, you know, Sunderland, again, got the three points yesterday, which almost made last week irrelevant. So let's hope something goes for us this weekend and we can start pulling away again. Probably fans, that's it for the episode. Thanks again massively for listening all year to us. Yeah, massive thanks, yeah. Can't actually believe we've got to episode 18. Yeah, yeah. But we'll be back again next year with more weekly content. And until then, play at Pompey. Play at Pompey. Oh, and Happy New Year and all that. Yeah, that's it, yeah. (laughs) 